4: This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Don't so buckle up, buttercup. Welcome back to
5: another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. Let's kick it off with an icebreaker, fountain of youth, or wishing well, and why?
4: Hmm. Oh, youth. Yeah, because you, you keep going back. It's like making a wish. No, 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 that's not how that works. You drink out of the fountain, you stay right where you're at. You ain't going back anywhere. Not true, because once you get there, then you start learning again, which is basically like redoing it. And then you can go back to the well and keep going, right? Well, that's not even. You have a morbid way of looking at things, man. You're always in the negative. I'm, I'm trying to, you know. What are you going to do? You're like talking about time travel and shit. <laughs> Isn't that what that is? No. When you drink out of the fountain, youth. that's it. You stop. You're just young? You don't get no, You just fountain of youth, you just stay put. Who told you that? Who told you the other way? Well, I hadn't read the directions. I didn't know they were posted. I'm just saying, I like
5: the way I was thinking about it. Nick, what about you, man?
3: I'm going to go Fountain of Youth. Um, you know, I was st- stronger as I was younger. I uh, I enjoyed a lot of my, my my younger childhood. I learned a lot. So I'd say uh, I'd say Fountain of Youth.
4: Okay, okay. That's a great... Bro- I, I hadn't thought about it like that, but since you brought it up, does the Fountain of Youth actually stall you where you're at? Does or does it make it, you what younger? If, what if you're, you're older? Then it's not, there's not really youth to that. Or does it keep you at the youth that you're at? Or does it make you younger? So there you go. Right. What is it? I mean. Or, or is that the whole concept about when you go to the Fountain of Youth? When you drink it? It keeps you where you're at in the same?
3: I think it keeps you I think it keeps where you're at. Right. So From my understanding.
4: Or what if you're not so young? So if you go in there at 24 and you drink out of the Fountain of Youth, you're 24. I agree. I understand completely what you're saying. But it's
5: not fountain of grandpas; it's fountain of youth. So right. even if you're older, wouldn't the fountain of youth? Well, how far is it going to take
4: you back? Take you back to, to where? My my point. That's what I was asking. Like infancy? It is a trick question. Because you could exactly, exactly. Going, <laughs> well, so who I'm sets gonna... the limits on how far that damn thing <laughs> takes you back? I'm going with the wishing well. Because be i right. like, I wish I was 24 again. So you just take yourself. back That's to your that age, age you want to be at? 24? 24? Oh yeah. What What about you?
3: What age would I want to go back to? Man, I'd go. I'd go back to. Uh, I think 24 was actually a pretty good year for me. That was like right when I was kicking off my business and uh that was a time where like I look back then and around that age I was I was transitioning out of the military and starting a business I describe as it was it felt like it was Christmas every single morning uh because I was just getting started at a small team. I was lean, I was trying to figure these things out. There was so much passion behind it. Like that was those
4: that prime that was prime time for me. Yeah, 24 that's like most aggressive year of your life. Yeah, that's stepping off period right there, right? You got, it's, well, lightning, it's like catching lightning in a bottle every day. When you say it's like Christmas every day, it is. Like when you go into something brand new and there's a new squad in there and they all want to be there, so you not only look forward to being with them, but doing that job, it, it, it's, it, that's what drags you out of bed. There's an excitement to that, absolutely. See, but you guys can't go there because y'all chose the Fountain of Youth and y'all fucked it up. What'd you say? Uh, that's not an, answer, not an
5: answer. No, I don't know. I don't know. That's not an answer It's a good question. Hey, <laughs> who's your, who's your, who's your producer question.
3: on the other side? We're not seeing. we got Ryan Thiel over here on the other side. Ryan, what, What's, what's the he answer? say,
5: Ryan? Ryan got an answer for us.
3: Well, Ryan is young. I think Ryan is around 24 years old.
4: Oh, you don't give so him he, a microphone? We need to take nah, that he, away. He, he's, from not, guys. Well, he's got a microphone.
3: <laughs> I can talk to him, but you guys can't hear him. Uh, but he's still plugged into that youth right now. Don't
4: That's spoil it. it. 20, I thought 27 was a good one. 33 is pretty good. Yeah, 24. All right.
5: All right. Great question. Great question. If you want to ask your questions, check us out. Patreon.com slash TeamNeverQuit. You can get exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content. You can get some cool swag in the mail, and you can ask your questions to the guests make sure you guys check that out. We've also got some great new merch in the shop shop.teamneverquit.com. We've got a great guest in store for you guys. Nick Bear is the founder and CEO of Bear Performance Nutrition, a sports performance and health supplement company based out of Central Texas. He graduated from the Indiana University of Pennsylvania in 2013 with a degree in nutrition before commissioning into the US Army as an infantry platoon infantry platoon leader. I can speak after transitioning out of the military. You were doing that
4: so well too, doing, man. It was, was like doing, It was, it was good, good, right? It was good. It was- so I think when you when that happens, like when you stutter step like that, yeah, you yeah. should shift to the voice. The this summer Nick, you bear. know what I mean? Because it just covers <laughs> it up. He's like, a true fitness enthusiast. I think you should go with that. Yeah, it's well, a great cover that's where because I people were, like I was going to come at you like, man, you almost had it, and then you're like, oh, all right, it was nice, close. Nice job, it was really close, right? That's yes. like a plug-in right there. Is that your? That's what I'm talking right? about, right? all and all man. Mean, and then like they He's really start jerk. paying attention when you lock that voice down.
3: You should just hold that character all the time. No shit. Hey, we tell him that it is hard.
4: I tried. Hey, what are you a pussy or something? No. <laughs> Nick, thank you you. Can't, can't do it. Can't do it.
5: Nick is a true fitness enthusiast where he trains for pri- triathlons, marathons, strength, and ultra distance races. Nick documents his training, business growth, and the "go one more" mindset online to inspire, educate, and motivate others. Nick, welcome to the show, man. Bye. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
4: I, man, I got to tell you that this when you. The guests that we have on here and then the people that I run into, when you hear about their their progression, like from college to into the military and then starting their business and up and then hearing the ins and outs of it is is one of my favorite stories. One of my favorite concepts, man. So I'm looking forward. Thanks for coming on here and doing this.
3: No, thank you. It's 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 a burning journey. You know, from like and just putting it on paper and, and surface value. Um it's been so many highs and lows, ups and downs. I've learned so much of the process, but it's been Amazingly rewarding.
4: Well, that gets that gets left out a lot of times. I mean, you can go to these events, and you, I remember when we were kids coming up, and you would run across the dads who were those heavy businessmen, like the suit and tie guys. Like, man, they work for some corporate stuff. Like, they kind of they do this, and you would hear that persona about them. And then when we rotated back to the world and started starting our own businesses, it's just to hear the progression is is amazing to watch. But it's the ins and outs. It's the middle of that's the best part, right?
3: No, hundred percent. I mean, when I grew up, my uh, my grandfather he was a dairy farmer in Central Pennsylvania. So I mean, he knew hard work. Uh, waking up early to milk the cows, and then evening milking the cows, and and working the fields, and emotions being run off of you know the weather, and then my dad experienced that growing up working with my granddad, and then when I went to start my business in 2012, I told my dad, I said, I'm gonna take out this loan. I'm gonna start this business. I'm gonna make a million dollars first year. And he laughed my face and he said, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And his first three years sucked. I mean, year one, we did $20,000 in revenue at a loss. Year two, $20,000 revenue at a loss. Year three, $20,000 revenue at a loss. And I was like, shit, when are we going to break past $20,000 in revenue? And uh, now we have on the wall in our, our HQ, it says, if it were that easy, everyone would do it cuz I vividly remember the day my dad pointed at me and laughed my face and said that.
4: Yeah. We had a we had a guest on the show a while back that <laughs> business minded like you he brought a very valid point valid point out that most people I don't know that they kind of skirt around it. And he's like I literally gave I we we mortgaged the house, we gave every single thing in existence to that business. And when I did that, I never worked as hard in my entire life to make sure that it was successful. That same, same mentality you had? Oh yeah. I mean, I,
3: I didn't take a, a paycheck from the business for five years after starting it. And then, uh, so I remember when I started the business a year before joining the military. So I started the business when I was in college between my junior and senior year. And the way I started it was I was in the army ROTC program and at the time, they offered this, uh, they called it a pre-commissioning loan. Mm-hmm. So it was up to $25,000. And all my peers were like taking out this loan, and they were getting engagement rings. They were getting uh, new cars. They were going on vacations. And I was like, holy shit, this is my golden ticket to launching a company. So I made this business plan. I had to present it to my professor of military science, who was a lieutenant colonel. And he approved up to $20,000. So I took $20,000 out with the USAA. And I didn't have Great to make company. payments. I didn't have to make payments for the first uh, eighteen months. at like a super low interest rate. So I spent all that money on on the inventory, all twenty thousand. So I had to be really scrappy and resourceful to to create any sort of marketing buzz or build a website and, and do graphic design stuff. Didn't take any money from the business for the first five years. Uh, when I went on active duty, then I started like a Roth IRA because everyone was like, "Hey, you got to start this Roth IRA." Built that up over you know a couple of years, liquidated that, built it back up, liquidated that, kept cashing it out. And then when my brother joined the business, so when, when me and my brother were younger, my dad started investment accounts for both me and my brother. He put $50 in each account each month. And my account, for some reason over the years, just performed horribly. There was like nothing in it. My brother's had like $30,000 in it. So my brother started working for the company. So he's the favorite I said, brother. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> he is. I said, I need that. dollars,
4: <laughs> And he
3: liquidated that account and he kept the business going. But along the way, I mean, for years, it was just, where can we pull money from to keep this thing
4: afloat? So back that up, man. I mean, you come off, come off a dairy farm. Is this, that's in your line. It was either be a dairy farmer or do what?
3: So when I was younger, the plan was, uh, I wasn't going to do the dairy farm route i was going to be a chicken farmer so yeah
4: yeah i see and, that yeah, sure and uh-huh.
3: so like central pennsylvania there were all these massive chicken houses going up single story and and like double decker chicken houses so my my grandfather said like this is the way you're going to make money in the future you've got to invest in these chicken houses get a get a deal with like tyson or, or purdue and he's like after six years you'll start making some money after you know you take these loans out So that was the original plan was I was going to be a chicken farmer. And then when I was in high school, I graduated high school 2009 and around 2008, 2007, 2008, um, I watched my cousin, my cousin's name was Matt. He was in the 101st. I saw him going back and forth from deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. And I saw the way he was changing from, you know, this boy to this man and kind of the respect and honor he, you know he was gaining through, through these values. And I said, well, shit, I, I want that in my life just by watching my cousin, Matt. Um, so I, so I applied for this army ROTC scholarship, got this scholarship that allowed me then to go to school in Western Pennsylvania, at the school called IUP on a scholarship. So I you know, went through school and then
4: commissioned. I right, Just in case nobody else is paying attention here. He said he went to the Indiana university in Pennsylvania.
3: Yeah, I wish they would change the name. They're talking about changing the name to Western University of Pennsylvania. (laughs) Vermont. (laughs) It it fucks up everyone because there's no affiliation with Indiana University. It's in this town of Indiana in Pennsylvania. Ah. So every time I say I went to IUP, they think it's I-U-P-U-I. Completely, no no affiliation whatsoever.
4: (laughs) I thought it was a typo when we were looking you up. I was like, that can't, can't be That's right. a small
3: school. The thing is that I, I tried going to, like, uh, Penn State University. I wanted to go to South Carolina University. I didn't get into any of these schools. And I knew that if I didn't get into any of these schools, IUP was a shoe in So I went IUP.
4: And they had a ROTC program? They did. They had a pretty good
3: ROTC program.
4: And you commissioned out of school, right? You're straight in?
3: Yep. Yeah, I commissioned out of school. Okay. 2013, I commissioned.
4: I was getting out of the Navy in 2000, <laughs> 2013. Woo! All right. So, so, bro, so bro came down and stepped up, man, took the company, and you guys still work together?
3: Yeah, he's our COO. So, uh, it was 2016. My unit went to South Korea for a nine month rotation.
2: Mm. What, and, what uh, season?
3: What season? Was it, was it cold? Yeah, we got down there in, in February.
4: Oh, you so got there in February? Uh, yeah, so it's coming out of it. And, well, no, February, March. What was it like? I mean, I
3: m- I remember it being cold. Yeah, it's cold, um, right? Yeah, I remember it being real cold. <laughs> and when I was in South Korea, the business started growing, and uh, he packed up. So at the time, he was fulfilling all the orders in his, like, you know, at night out of our. Uh, our parents, this room in our parents' house. And he packed up this U-Haul truck and all of our inventory at the time fit in the back of this U-Haul truck. And he drove that truck from Pennsylvania down to Texas. And then I was living in this town called Temple, Texas at the time. So I was stationed at Fort Hood and uh, we had this small house and he took that U-Haul back into that house and started building the business out of that house. And uh, I just told him, just just find a, a warehouse for us to operate out of. So his first task when he got down to Texas was to find a warehouse. And for some reason, I don't know why, I said, just put it in Round Rock. Because I knew we couldn't afford Austin. And I didn't want to go around Belton Temple area. And for some reason, Round Rock just sounded good to me. So he found a warehouse in Round Rock, and that's what got us here. Yeah,
4: because it's kick-ass town. I mean, it, that's how it works, too. They got that big city in Austin, and guys like you go out. and We set up shop right on the outskirts of the big city. And we're just far enough out of town to be country, but close enough to town that we can get in there in a hurry. And, man, those, those are the best ones to hang out in. That's kind of where we live, too. Yeah,
3: I mean, we love it. This area is growing like crazy right now, especially as Austin's growing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we push north a little bit more in the Georgetown area, but we love it out here.
4: Y'all still in the same spot as far as just single? Are you got any satellite um, operations going on or is it still housed out of that one, one warehouse?
3: So we we outgrew that warehouse and in, in about a year, and then we moved into a new warehouse. So our, our second warehouse was 10,000 square feet. And then we expanded into the, the building next to us, which was another 10,000. And then we punched over another 5,000, uh, and now we operate on a 45,000 square feet in a business park in Round Rock.
4: Is your brother older or younger? He's, uh, he's un- younger. He's three years younger. So I was, I was at an event the other day, man. And somebody asked me a question about, I always talk about my brother especially when he's not there. But this one, this guy was like, man, I got some brothers. I don't ever talk to them. I don't ever talk to them. And I was like, well, why not? Why would you do that? And he tried to tell me something. I was like, but ultimately, that's what an excuse is, man. Talk about working with your brother. Because with us, man, even if we don't argue anymore, but it's just a different kind of relationship. I mean, it's one of trust if you come up. I mean, it, it, you can go as far as you want with him.
3: I love it. I mean when uh, when we first got started, I mean we had no money, we weren't making any money. So it was me and him living in a house together, and we were so passionate about the brand, especially because our, our last name is attached to the company. So we're also building something out of out of pride for that that name of that company as well. And we were both so invested into what we were building and building it together. And uh, he loves the operations side. I love more of the visionary marketing side. So we both have our lanes and we stay in those lanes. I don't want to run operations. He doesn't want to run the marketing side. So like we've been able to build and scale that in parallel, doing what we love and then also handing off what we don't love. Uh, obviously, we've butted head al- heads along the way, but I mean, it's it's been an epic journey together.
4: How many employees are you guys up to now? We're at 28
3: full-time in-house right now. And w- sales around the world? Yeah, yeah, sales around the world. Um, we really started growing. A, I mean, 2017 was our first year we did seven figures. And then uh, once COVID hit, I mean, 2000, between 2019 and 2020, we grew 400%. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and we've just scaled a lot since then. Just building out the team and infrastructure.
4: All right, so I got another question for you. When you set a goal like that, I remember when I came out too. I, I it's not that I had an idea how to transition out, but I did have a goal set in my head of kind of what I was wanting to obtain. That's so important, especially when you when you when you visualize it. But man, when you, you get to it, it seems slow at first. But then once you get there, man, then then you keep going, and then you set another one, right? Y'all had. What's the difference between setting a short term goal and a long term goal? And and, and what can get in the way of that? For y'all, I mean, when are you going to stop? What's what's enough? How many employees? How big you want to raise it before it gets uncomfortable? Right before yeah, you're trying to carry. You, I, it's almost like you got to re carry that thing again. Like when you bust past your marker and you're trying to get to those big big numbers, man, it's just like relifting it again from the from the basic beginning because you're starting a new goal.
3: We're at a point like that right now. Yeah. Where uh, there's this book I recently read. It's what got you here won't get you there, and I mean I remember early on starting the business. Uh, me and my brother were still back in Pennsylvania, and we were selling probably we were doing maybe one to two orders every other day. So maybe we were doing five to ten orders a week at the time. And I had five hundred dollars, probably in the business bank account at this point. And we went to this marketing agency in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And me and my brother walk in there clueless, ignorant to anything business. And we sit at this conference table with this marketing agency. And they said, what are, what are your goals that you want to accomplish while working with us? And I said, if we could do 20 orders a day, like if we could do 20 orders a day, I will be happy. It's all I want. And they said, I honestly don't know if we can do that with you guys. I was like, well, shit, like this is your job. Like, this is what you're supposed to be able to do. All right. And then... You know, you slowly get these wins as you go. I'm a big fan of, and I talk about them all the time. Uh, Tim Grover have, has his book called Winning, and he talks about just getting your first win. And when you get that first win, it doesn't matter what that is. I mean, that could be you run your first mile, or you hit a PR in the gym, or uh, maybe you stop drinking alcohol for a week, like whatever it is. You get that first win, it builds this level of confidence. And in order to get that second win, you know, that it will build more confidence. However, it requires more sacrifice. So with every win after that, you go after that win builds more and more confidence, but there's more sacrifice required along the way. And, uh, you just get used to, as you go, of, of, of sacrificing more time, energy, money, resources to, to continue winning. But I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like you set these goals. I mean, I look back at all the goals I've set along the way and you, when you set the goal, you set it big, like you set it 10 times larger than you ever think you could achieve. And you think once I get there, I'm set, I'm just going to, I'm going to chill. And then you finally realize you're approaching that goal and you already set goals 10 times of where you're already at. And, uh, it's not necessarily, I mean, sometimes people look at business and they're like, well, when's enough, when are you going to stop? And it's not generating more revenue or it's not making more money for a lot of people. I mean, at least for me, it's like you just want to keep seeing what you can what you can do. Like, what is the potential? Right. And that's that's what keeps me going.
4: Yeah, It's almost like it's only sacrifice when you're pulling that energy from your other from the, the life that you're in. Meaning once you became you got your se- your, your million dollars, your figures, you became that level. So it's not, I mean, you're kind of living it, it goes back, there's a, there's a natural balance in there, until you jack it back up, and then it ramps back up again. But once you, once you qualify into something, and once you qualify into a goal, just like you just said, man, you, you change. It's like those people who start college and then they finish, man, you're a different person, altogether. you learn something, that's the whole point. Like, starting off with a white belt, and then when you get your black belt, you are different. When we started training, when you and I and all of us went to the military, shit, bro, from the day you walked in there to the time you rolled out, you was a different human being altogether.
3: I think a lot, a lot of people like the concept of growth. We talk about that here a lot. It is Everyone wants to achieve a certain thing, and they romanticize about what that looks like. But by the time you get there or you achieve that, it, you're not romanticizing about it anymore. It is just like it, just, it is what it is. So everyone likes the concept of growth, but they don't like the process of what it takes to go through that growth.
4: You know what? You said that brilliantly, man. And I never thought about it like that. But it's almost as if the minute you get the idea, something you want to do, the good Lord puts all of what it feels like to actually be it. Right? I mean, you get a feel. I remember wanting to be a Navy SEAL. When he started bringing that up, I, I felt like one. I was like, dude, you know what? I never even touched it, ran, jumped, or anything like that. But you like, you, you have it. It kind of draws you towards it. It's like a magnetism that gets thrown out from the idea. And ropes around you. And the more you you focus on it, and you occupies your mind, man, you, you get driven towards it. And the minute you start in there and, and start training in it, that shit goes away and it's just a kick in the shorts, up until the point when you graduate or or do whatever, and then you get it back. And it's, it's but it slowly comes back. And that's the life. I never thought, know, thought about it like that, but
3: it, it it allows you to respect that then too. Like you have you have You're so right? much more respect yeah, for yeah, yeah. That's great what to, it is yeah. to
4: then achieve. Yeah, that's true. I get well the why why fitness why'd you get into nutrition how did that where would all that come from your daddy a gym rat yeah so
3: um, it was kind of like this this evolution um, I got into like nutrition when I was in in college and at the time like training for me was like just getting as big and strong as possible like just going to the gym and and lifting and, and for me I, I hated anything cardio wise. Like I I would I would avoid cardio at all costs. And obviously we had to run with the military. So like that was my only time I was I was running. And uh when I transitioned out of the military in two thousand seventeen, I, I told people, I told myself, I said, I'm never running a day in my life again. I'm hey, I said the same thing.
4: <laughs> yeah. Except you stuck I, to it, and he uh, didn't. Yeah. I'm no quitter like you two bitches.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was committed. I was like, I'm not, I'm not ever running. I'm just going to get as big and strong as possible. And then uh, something about it I missed. You know, I, I missed just kind of like pushing and, and, and something just sucking. Because running for me up until that point was just a suffer fest. So I signed up for the Austin Marathon in 2018. And that was my first endurance event. And I suffered through the whole thing. Uh, I got, I ran three hours, 57 minutes, cramped up the entire way. And then after that, I was like, I'm not running ever again. Then I went back to strength training and the same thing. It came back. I was like, hey, you know, I, I got to do this again. So I signed up for the Austin marathon for the next year. This time I ran it slower. I ran four hours and 15 minutes and I was sitting at about 225. I was going to say, man, what's your weight? What,
4: what, what, how much are you weigh before you, when you say you want to get big and strong, what are you talking about? Like how big are we talking about?
3: I was like 225, 230 pounds. Yeah. So what are you
4: shrinking down to when you run?
3: Right now I'm like 190. And then from that second marathon, I I decided to sign up for an Ironman triathlon. And I didn't really, I didn't even know what an Ironman triathlon was when I signed up for it. I just remember seeing these videos on YouTube of they were like these famous videos from the Kona Ironman in Hawaii of these women crossing the finish line. And their bodies weren't working and they were dragging themselves across. They were collapsing across. So I was like, you know, I'm going to sign up for this and then I'm going to learn what it is and we learn how to train for it. And then from that triathlon, it was, well, now I want to run a sub three hour marathon and then I want to run an ultra marathon. And then it was, it was kind of just one thing after another. And, you know, right now I'm in a marathon prep uh, for next weekend. Next weekend, we have the Buffalo New York marathon, but it was kind of just one after the other to see how far can I take this? Like, what can I learn through this, this process?
4: It does. It feeds itself, right? People it always ask, does. especially as you get older, like, man, how did you get to this, this spot? I was like, man, it started with just kind of signing up, showing up. And then once you accomplish one of those things, it's like, well, if, if this thing can do this and see what else it can do.
3: That's Here. like one of those things. It's people ask you where you want to be in, in five, 10 years. Right. And you can say where you want to be and what you've done and have accomplished, but, it's uh, it's a sum of the choices you make along the way. Yeah, yeah, that get you
4: get you somewhere. Yeah, and the experiences from the priors, man, help guide you. It's like, oh, I've seen that one, I've heard this one, I've seen that movie, heard that line, right? And then some. The best thing about our generations and the way we're throwing all that stuff together, man, it's just completely re- rewriting the human dynamic and how far you can push us.
3: Oh yeah, no, absolutely, I man. We had. Uh we had Cam Haynes on our podcast. Great dude. Uh, this past week. Yeah, man, great dude. Really good dude. And uh, his mindset applied to that in terms of bow hunting and and ultra endurance events is it's like the the pure example of that.
4: <laughs> He's. I mean, you know, he. <laughs> you, I missed who he said, dude. Cameron. Cameron? Oh, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, right. Take exactly. Well, take what you love and go to the max on it and then throw it on video, man, people will resonate with it just because you're putting out so damn hard. They don't have to, they don't have to do it. Man, if somebody watches you putting out, like really suffering and going through the numbers just to, do, just to get something done, that's motivating in itself. For how sure. Do, how the hell do you find time to train for an ultra? It's another full-time job, and then some, actually.
3: Yeah, I mean, so for this last ultra prep, I would knock out all my runs before work. So I would do... You know, ten to twelve miles in the morning before getting to the office. i get to the office at eight AM and then on the weekends, I'd have my Saturday long runs. I would do anywhere from twenty to thirty miles on a Saturday morning. By the end of it, my my wife was she was done with it. She's thirty four weeks pregnant right now.
4: Oh okay. well, congratulations. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, she was
3: she was done with the ultra. But I mean she ran so away beforehand. No,
4: I mean not now obviously, but she a runner? No, she, she's not a runner now. Yeah. But it's,
3: it's, you know, ultra stuff is just a lot of slow aerobic miles, just time on your feet. And,
4: uh, so where are you running in August? I mean, what are you training when it gets real humid here in Texas? I guess that's, you still running through all that?
3: Yeah. I still run through all that. There's this, uh, there's this saying in terms of running, they say summer miles bring false miles. And I mean, it directly applies to running here in Texas. I would finish runs. They're all finished runs here in the morning in Texas. And I'm mean, i wringing out my my socks and shorts afterwards because they're just drenched. I would lose 10 to 12 pounds when I run.
4: All right, so I got a question for you. I was a hard gainer growing up. I I didn't didn't like being skinny. I wasn't worried about a lot of six-pack and everything like that. I just wanted to be the big guy, just like you said. Going to the gym, lift as much weight as you possibly can so you can run through that wall. And even when we were in, in the communities, you had the guys that would run, I mean, you had the triathlete guys and, and, and everything in between. If you, Knowing what you know now about what running does, would you have implemented that on yourself back in the day when you were in or just it's kind of to each its own? One 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 life fits the other.
3: I think it's to, uh, to each its own. Yeah, I, I think there's like a – you know, what I'm finding more with, you know, endurance training and strength training, like if I had to recommend one – to someone I would, I would always recommend strength training over endurance training just for the positive impacts it has on the, the metabolism uh your overall energy your hormone levels running when you take it running to extremes it does the complete opposite so i think like for the average person hit the gym like hit, hit the weights it's gonna have a much more positive impact on the body as opposed to like this intense endurance training ultra stuff
4: So what's the concept or mindset behind that then to the, the ultras just to see how far you can go. I mean, if you've already run through one of the concepts, that's what's left, right? Yeah. I mean, for the, the human condition, see how far we can take it.
3: Yeah. From what I found with running is like running for me, I run in the mornings. I like running in the mornings or the evenings. I don't like running in the midday. And that is that one time of the day for me where it is complete solitude. So like there's no distractions. You know, especially being like a business owner, but everyone, you're on your phone, you have notifications going off, the TV's on, emails. It's so like my 60 to 90 minute run every single morning is this mo- like moment of solitude where I've thought up some of my best business ideas. I've thought of uh, like anything that has positively impacted or affected the business I've thought of during my morning run, or if I have an issue in my life and something's bothering me, it will find me during that run, and I will be forced to navigate through that issue before that run is over.
4: Oh, yeah.
3: And that's what I found with running. It's
4: like a meditation, right? Everyone has their own forms of meditation. I asked my brothers a couple of the other guys who, who's still doing the running, man. I was like, it's... Because, like, with him, he didn't like to run either. But there's a, there's a runner's high. That's an actual thing, like where you're pushing yourself and then you transition over your body to where it takes over and it kind of... It's a flux stage, right? Where you can just purely concentrate on thinking whatever's in your mind, and not your body's not taking the beating anymore. Is that? Do you have what? Do you, do you get that?
3: Yeah, it took me years to achieve that. I used to think that was bullshit. I was—I was, I was like,
4: going to ask you, man—is that bullshit or what? I mean, it does happen, right?
3: Yeah, I mean it happens, but it took me literally years to achieve that. I was like, "There's, there's no way this thing exists." <laughs> but what I found I was doing wrong is I was, I was running all my runs way too hard. So like, if I was supposed to run a six mile run for that day. I was going to run that six mile run as hard and fast as possible. And then it wasn't until I started slowing down and running based off of heart rate and effort. It wasn't until I actually found like, Oh, this actually can be enjoyable. There is this runner's high. Your mind kind of wonders and thinks, but it's when I run too hard that I don't, want I don't find this or achieve it.
4: I've never heard anybody explain it that way, but that's what it is. then, huh? If, you, if, you, if you're trying to tackle it too hard. Yeah. So it's,
3: uh, I follow this, this formula. I had this, this endurance coach who helped me run a whole lot faster. And the concept is in order to run faster, you got to run slower. So your, your endurance is built off your aerobic capacity, which is this lower heart rate zone two training. So my coach, he would have me wear this, this chest heart rate monitor that would sync to my watch. And then it would give me real-time data on what my heart rate was at the time. Your body knows – your body doesn't know pace. It knows effort based off of heart rate. So there's this equation. It's called the Math 180 formula. You take 180 minus your age. So like I'm, I'm 31 years old. 180 minus 31 is 149. 149 It's 149 beats per minute. That should be the highest my heart rate goes on an easy run. Because if I keep my heart rate below, 149, which is your max aerobic heart rate, it allows your body to be operating in an aerobic zone as opposed to anaerobic. So you're using you're utilizing oxygen efficiently in that state.
4: Yeah, it's math. You can you can dial that in too, right? With your yeah, breath you can, count, you can, you can dial that in. I mean, you,
3: you you track that, and you'll see that when you run more below your max aerobic heart rate. You'll be running faster with less effort, and that's—I mean—that's how you build
4: endurance. It's right. how you build speed. And then if you if you concentrate on your breathing, and the, you know, like the, the breath count on that, you can actually dial it even even better, right? Oh yeah, like just super controlled. You yeah. see a
3: lot of people when when they're running, they like hyperventilate, and I'll, I'll pass people running, and I feel like they're about to die. I mean, they're they're breathing so hard and so heavy. <laughs> right. You, you can just naturally like just hey, just calm down. Like just calm yourself down a little bit. You'll be okay.
4: Right? No, that's the thing. I, and, and that got left out. A lot of stuff, when, when, as we were growing up, that would get explained to you, like the guys were like, hey, this is how you beat your body up. This is how you're going to make your big self being strong. But they don't tell you how to breathe or how to pace yourself inside of that. And that's, that's key, man. I, I just started shifted over and focusing on that. On I got some of those breathing apps and like really focusing on that stuff. Ironically enough, man, being in the SEAL teams underwater all the time, I mean, you have to consciously focus on your breath count. But I never thought about it as it was doing anything good for me. I just thought we were down there kicking it out. But when you when you focus on that, does your body your body does it automatically? It breathes for itself. So if you're breathing for your body, what in the hell you think it's doing? Taking a break and fixing something. And you can modulate uh, your heart rate by that by your breath count.
3: How hard is it to to regulate your your breath when you're underwater,
4: man? So it in the beginning you, if you better yeah if you don't have any idea we, we gotta practice that we practice that so much I mean to where you get it down to where we would sneak up on fish you know you tap them on the back well, that, if, you, if you don't do that you suck your rig down you can't make the dive yeah and then it's almost just cause the body learns so when you're getting a certain situation you get into a certain position down there I remember it would take a, a a minute or so but it would it would drop into this breath count to where you would just naturally go Plus, the water's so damn cold, so your right. heart yeah, rate I mean, down to the sucks. thirties. Yeah, it sucks so bad. But I mean, just like the reason you go off and you take off running is because you're trying to exercise your air, your air capacity. So what if whatever, however you breathe when you're running, if you sit down and do the same thing, breathe like that, it's a, it's working your lungs out the same way. And. The, you can you can pick your heart rate up and you can lower it back down. I mean, it's I never knew how important that was because you you hear it all the time: mind, body, spirit. Mind, body, and spirit, man. You train all three of them. If you know training your body physically in the gym does that, what do you think training your mind and spirit does? No one ever puts all three of those together. They usually just train one, and the other two learn by by default. them guys you know, like you, you really concentrate on all three of those and your nutrition. Yeah. that's a different
3: realm altogether. Oh, I mean, like, nutrition is like—that's the meat of it,
4: right? Yeah, that's, that's where good.
3: most people get it wrong. Yeah.
4: How old are you now? Thirty-one.
3: Turn thirty-two uh, this August.
4: August what? August first. It's gonna hot spot of the year. <laughs> in Texas, it's August. I tell people, bro, man, Don't come I, visit in August. It's too damn hot. I've never. I don't eat like shit. I just eat whatever I want which is probably the same thing. But I mean, I don't eat fast food or candy or an but I just, I love to eat. I love to eat. No, white, I mean, so, so do I, I mean, especially being here
3: in Texas. It's like,
4: when I was 31, I couldn't put, I, I would eat double outback cheese fries, steak. I couldn't put on weight. I mean, I couldn't gain weight. I couldn't get past 190 until I was 35. And I was, well, what's, your, I, what's most of your diet look like right now? Chicken, fish, steak, no carbs, no sugar. I parked on two thirty I parked on two thirty, and even when we were running ultras, I couldn't come. I I, I barely would get off two thirty. That's I'm up two twenty eight. My weight it doesn't it fluctuates with the season. He's like two forty eight really, but shit, bitch, rip it off,
2: <laughs> man.
3: Come on, show <laughs> it. I mean, I could That's I could easily get to two thirty again. I mean, I, I can eat like to, for me to stay around one ninety. It's a combination of training and. Like, I'm I'm, going into this next race leaner to be faster, but... What do you like running at? 210, 210 pounds, like 210, 215. Man, that's, like that's,
4: perfect weight, right? 210, 215, uh, that, man. How tall, how feels, tall are you? Like, I'm six foot. Okay. Yeah, that's good, man. That 210 weight, that's, like, a, even when I feel, we ran, most I feel the guys that rolling that out weight. like that. What's that? I feel healthier at
3: that weight. It feels yeah. stronger.
4: You Not drink fast, Do you, do you but, drink alcohol?
3: Yeah, I drink. Uh, you know, going into a race like this, not drinking as much, but when, when my wife's not pregnant, we like going to dinner and ha- and having some drinks and, you know, socializing with friends, but I only really ever eliminate alcohol out of my diet
5: when I'm pretty close to a race. race yeah. Now, when you started the supplements business, I mean, that's like one of the most saturated industries. So you got to kind of go into that knowing like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be tough. And I know that one of your first goals was to hit a million dollars in revenue, when you didn't achieve that what kept you from slipping and and deciding to quit quit or give up or move on to something else
3: Yeah, this is like, this is one of those questions that I get asked all the time and looking back I think one of the things that kept me going so much is that I was ignorant when I was younger to the risks that I was taking. So like if if I were to start that same business when I was, you know, now 31, I'd be more aware of the risks that I was taking and how how competitive it was. But back then when I was younger, in you know, 2012, I was so ignorant to how hard it was going to be that I was like, well, yeah, I can, I can, do this. And then along the way, you know, this first three, four years when I saw literally zero wins, I was just so passionate about it. And I think that's what kept me going in. Like I loved that space so much. Like, I went into the supplement industry, not because I, I thought I'd be able to make a million dollars, even though I wanted to, it was because I loved that space. And like even before I launched the company, for example, I was in my my uh, my college dorm room, and what I would do is I'd buy these ingredients in bulk. So I'd buy like caffeine and beta alanine and creatine in bulk, and then I'd mix them up in my dorm room, and I'd have this scale that I got at Walmart, and I'd weigh out these ingredients and I'd put them in baggies, and I'd sell those baggies to people on on the floor of my you know dorm. So it looked like when I was in college, I was dealing drugs out of my... I was
4: about to say, dude, so you're that guy. I always heard that when we were in, in teams and in college. Like, hey, man, what are you drinking that protein? And they're like, some guy could be making that in his damn dorm room for all you know. <laughs> it's that guy. That's this guy. That was,
5: that was me, yeah.
4: <laughs> and the thing oh, is, Congratulations, like, man. You did a good job.
3: Yeah, well, I, I couldn't afford a scale that measured in milligrams. So like, you know, I, caffeine, for example, if I measuring out in caffeine, I wanted 200 to 300 milligrams. My scale won't register until it hit either one or two grams. Right. So like I'd be I'd be giving people uh these pre workouts probably like a thousand milligrams of, of caffeine in one of those servings. <laughs> but that's where it started, is like I love the space and then that passion just I saw an opportunity when I could take out this loan. It's like why not? Why not me?
4: Yeah. No. So, I mean, the caveat to that is that the the passion that drove you in the beginning, if it keeps you in there long enough, it turns into a love of the game, right? Just doing it. And then it just becomes what you are.
3: It becomes an obsession. I think that's like what a lot of people find is sometimes you're lucky enough to be able to obsess on something that you're passionate about that you can turn into a career or a job. And I was so obsessed with seeing the company succeed and grow that i just there was never a, a choice of this to stop i mean i remember doing my taxes i think this was probably like 2000 and it's probably 2016 i was doing my taxes and uh i was doing my taxes while i was in korea and the accountant told me you should probably close this business down because it's making you zero money and for a second, I almost believed them. It's like, oh, if this professional is telling me, close this business down. Maybe I should. But then I just doubled down and I was like, nope, I'm going to see where I can take this. And a year later, I just stuck it out for one more year. Then we finally started seeing a little bit of traction.
4: That's all it takes. Yeah, I mean, so, sometimes
3: it's a, you know, a, little bit, a little bit of luck here and there, but it's just compounded consistency. That's like, that's one thing that I'd say I've, I've been good at along the way is I've just been consistent, super consistent. And I think when you, when you're consistent enough over time, that compounds. And sometimes that that compounding consistency takes like years and years and years to finally just peek through. And then when you finally see it peek through, that's that win where you build this confidence and it's, all right, now we're we finally have some momentum going four or five years in here. It finally is
4: yeah okay good because i'm coming up on i don't count covid but i started the company back in 19 and we're just finally starting to catch a lick like i still don't take a salary we are like right there i have employees that i pay but i I can't can't afford to take anything and i'm just waiting for that one
5: day how did the beginning days affect your personal life because for a while there you weren't focused on anything but the business right there wasn't time for anything else
3: I mean, it was, it was years, like literally for years, it was just, that's all I would focus on. That's all, that's all I cared about. Like, um, you know, I was building the business in the evenings when I was in the military and on the weekends. So like, I was just trying to figure stuff out and just learn anything like taking courses online for marketing and watching, uh, videos on how to edit like labels or use Photoshop and all this stuff. And I couldn't afford any employees early on. So I became like this Swiss army pocket knife of just doing a little bit of everything and just figuring out like what I had to do to, to fix a solution or, or, or grow one part of the business. So they they say entrepreneurship is lonely and it is in a sense, like, because you have to hyper-focus and prioritize and eliminate what's, you know, what's not a priority. And, And for the longest time it was just I was so tunnel vision focused on what I was doing when I was building that that's all I really like, that's all I cared about was in my free time, this is this is what I'm gonna do with all my free time until I see some sort of bump from it.
4: Oh, I got one for you. Was the moment like you thought it was gonna be? No. (laughs) So Yeah, I mean, do you even did you even get to rejoice about when you hit your mark? Or did you just blow past it and be like, huh? Just kept blowing past it. Right. Like I remember. I remember. Uh, <laughs> I you just I remember, even... getting, I remember getting out of the military
3: and getting my DD two fourteen, and that same day getting a call from my accountant because we finally started making some money. He's like, "Hey, your business taxes are this much this year," which at the time, like, they weren't that much, but they were a lot more than I I could afford. And I was like, "Shit, here's like this." All right, I'm going full time to be an entrepreneur to hit with this massive tax bill of welcome to entrepreneur life. Right. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. It sucks whenever you get that tax bill. It's more than what you've even taken out for yourself out of the business. It's like, wait a second. I don't even make this much money.
3: We'll get to like these milestones and it's like a small celebration, you know, like very quickly celebrate. And then it's back to it because
4: I bet you almost stops. got to program that in there. Yeah, you do. You know what you I'm talking do. about? It's like, hey, man, when you hit those mark, because that was huge. That mark you hit, you set that coming from nothing. And then all those years, and I, I've i done that for myself too. And then when you hit them, it just, it's just like, oh, ah, yeah. all right. You know, and then you kind of keep going because you get so consolidated into that. It's almost as if you got to plan that party into that number. It's like, not only when we hit this number, this is how we're going to celebrate. You got me? We're going to leave out of here and just, just so we'll remember it. Otherwise, you know, you can get tunnel vision into it and you lose the point. Like what, what's the point in working that hard when you don't even, oh, then it just becomes work. Yeah. I think some, sometimes more,
3: it's important to uh, celebrate, celebrate the people that have helped you get there at that point. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cel- yeah. Celebration isn't for yourself. It's like for all the other people that helped you get there.
4: Yeah. Otherwise you'd already been there. Right. Yeah. If you, if you're not backing them up, I'm remind them of that. I mean, we pick on this dude over here with the headphones like you can't believe. But I, every now and again, I'll remind him how important he is. I don't want to tell him too much, man, because we don't really like him that much. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there. Yeah. But we don't know how to work the <laughs> machine. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to, you got it, man. You got to tell him, let him know. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah no problem. No problem, man. Yeah. Thanks, you're bro. Yeah. Thanks, bro. So what's next, man? He, I mean, seems like you're killing it. So what do you, what's on the horizon?
3: I mean, so right now we got, we got this... Uh, this marathon, this weekend, it's like every, everything we do, you know, like we will do these races, but the goal, like with these races, I think a lot of people think it's this like selfish, uh, physical accomplishment that like our team wants to, wants to do, but we use these races to like educate people and help them achieve their goal as well. So we just documented this entire marathon prep. And the goal with the marathon prep was, someone should be able to watch a series and PR their next race. So we're wrapping up that series uh, this weekend in Buffalo, New York. And then our first uh, baby girl is due the first week in July.
4: Yeah, what's up? Congratulations, man. Uh, Thank you
3: so much. We're super excited.
4: Is this the first one, first one, or first girl? That's the first one, first one. Uh, Are you ready? You're about to shift gears, (laughs) homie. I got another one for you. Just before you get beat up with the whole kid situation, you're the best marketing thing they got. I mean, ultimately, if you if if you you take your nutrition and it, that's the fuel you run on, and then it gives you the capability of running all these marathons marathons and doing all this stuff. By the time you're done, and you'd be like, hey, you want to know what it takes to run this machine? Boom. There's no there's no doubt in that. I mean, everyone in, the, in this competition who's running like you are on the same performance stuff, man, are they if are, are they actually running like you are? Because you're running on your own formula, and that it's producing, you you can't you can't buy that man. You can't teach that. That is that's the proofs in it. So good job on that man. No, thank you. Yeah,
3: no, I'm super excited for this next chapter of life. With uh, me and my wife, are super excited for this
4: baby girl. Girl, I wanted a girl. Yeah. Oh, they change everything. I'm the same way. They bring some balance, levity. My brother didn't get one. That's why he is the way he is. Yeah. daughter I got the a daughter sons. To, So he does have a niece. Which so. I'm totally excited about. Yeah. yeah. Daughters are different. I got me one of them. <laughs> well, all right, man. That's how, i tell you what, man. How can people reach out, follow you, find you, keep track of you? Well, we're going to do what we can to make sure everyone knows about you. So if you could just give us a lead on that.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I absolutely appreciate it. Uh, I run a podcast called the Bear Performance Podcast. Uh, my website is bearperformancenutrition at bpnsubs.com. And then, uh, I'm on Instagram, Nick bear fitness. And then YouTube, if you just type in Nick bear, we got like 700 plus videos over the last, you know, eight years of my life. So it, it's all out there.
4: And I'm going to need some sort of uh, supplement that makes me lose weight just without doing anything. So figure that one out for me and we'll, we'll go from fair. there next on the list. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Hey, you got any, you have one
5: piece of never quit advice or wisdom that you'd like to leave with the listeners.
3: Yeah, so I mean our tagline our motto here at BPN is going more and the story behind it is I was training for my second marathon in in 2018 and I had this training run one day and there were 18 miles on the training run and I got to mile 10 and I was running downtown Austin I was sucking I stopped running and I considered just walking back to the house and stopping that day but I had some serious negative self-talk with myself and ended up running 19 miles. So I went one more than I was supposed to. And I came back and I wrote one more on the bill of my hat and I just took a picture of it. And I posted it online, not much context to it, just that. And over the next couple of days, I realized it struck a, a, a nerve in a lot of people's minds because people started writing one more on the bill of their hat and posting it online. So then one more, Kind of evolved into go one more, and now we have thousands of people that have this tattooed on their body, and it's it's changed a lot of people's lives. And, and the intent—what's that it,
4: like? <laughs> <laughs> Hell, that's a whole different conversation altogether. I'm sorry, you'll put it on you. Yeah, they could put you put that on you. Yeah, but the, the intent behind it wasn't like
3: to do one more rep in the gym or one more mile uh, on a run that day. It's it's applying it to everything you do in your life where. When you want to quit and when you don't wanna keep building that business or keep training or accomplish that goal, it's you just show up and you just keep going. You just keep pushing. It's one day after another after another. Next thing you know, you're ten years in and you finally have pushed past that goal that you set, you know, ten years ago. So applying the go one more mindset is uh it's changed my life and it's changed a lot of other people's lives that follow me and the brand too.
4: That's awesome. Man, keep doing it, brother man. You you are you're, you're impacting a lot of lives, including us, man. We got a file on you. Welcome to the team, bro. I mean thanks for every, Thanks for your service.